Hi, this is Pastor Bill Woods, and I wanted to talk to you today about the seven steps of sin. I guess if I could call it some other name or something, it would be how Aiken fried his bacon. <laughs> Anyhow, you're familiar with the story about Joshua and the Israeli army and taking over Jericho, how they had to march around Jericho for seven days, and then the walls fell. And if you read the Bible, it says they fell flat. I think what that means is there wasn't a bunch of rubble for the army to run over, that the earth just opened up and the wall fell flat, so they went across on level ground and were able to get into Jericho and defeat the people there. They took Jericho without much struggle and suddenly felt that they were invincible. Uh, the reason that they were able to take the city so easily was because God had set the victory up for them. But God had instructed the people not to take any of the riches for themselves. In Joshua chapter 6, verses 18 and 19, it says, But you keep yourself from the things devoted to destruction, lest when you have devoted them you take any of the devoted things and make the camp of Israel a thing for destruction and bring trouble upon it. But all silver and gold and every vessel of bronze and iron are holy to the Lord. They shall go into the treasury of the Lord. That's pretty clear instructions. He said, don't pick anything up that doesn't belong to you. But one man, Achan, thought he could get away with disobeying this command. He found things that he thought he could not live without. Joshua chapter 7 verse 1 says, But the people of Israel broke faith in regard to the devoted things, for Achan, the son of Carmi, son of Zapdi, son of Zerah, of the tribe of Judah, took some of the devoted things, and the anger of the Lord burned against the people of Israel. It had been so easy to take Jericho that Joshua and his advisors decided to take the little city of Ai that was nearby. They sent spies in to look it over. They came back and they said it's going to be an easy thing, you know, a piece of cake. It's small. It looked like it's not going to take much effort. Actually, you don't even have to take the whole army up there. Just maybe take the uh, two or three thousand for this campaign. Well, surprise, surprise, they got their heinies kicked and lost 36 soldiers and were chased out of the territory. Joshua and his men were devastated. What had happened? Jericho had been so easy, and it was a bigger place than Ai, and these little people in this little town whooped the daylights out of them. Achan, though, had brought sin into the camp, and I want you to know God will not bless sin. And so uh, Joshua 7.21 says, when I, Achan is talking, when I saw among the spoil a beautiful cloak and from Shinar and 200 shekels of silver and a bar of gold weighing 50 shekels, then I coveted them and took them and see they are hidden in the earth inside my tent with the silver underneath. Now, James 1, 14 and 15 says, But when each person is tempted, when he is lured and enticed by his own desire, then desire, when it is conceived, gives birth to sin, and sin, when it is fully grown, brings forth death. You know, it's always surprising when someone we believe to be a dynamic Christian suddenly turns out to have a major sin problem. I was thinking how disappointed uh, we were as, as a Wesleyan church on the Northwest District when we found out that our, our district superintendent 
had compromised and had made arrangements to meet some gal for illicit relationship and and it was terrible you know it ruined it hurt the, him it hurt his family it hurt the district it was so disappointing that he fell like this but the truth is, sin starts in the heart long before it shows itself openly. Usually when a person falls into sin, it didn't just happen all at once. There's been a sin problem for a while, and it's been lurking in the secret recesses of the heart uh, for some time. And I believe that's probably what happened to that district superintendent. He had traveled a lot alone stayed in motels and stuff and probably got to watching things on TV that he shouldn't have watched and there was temptation and he was enticed and he compromised and before long he found out that he was in trouble. Listen again to what James says, James chapter 1 verses 14 and 15, but each person is tempted when he is lured and enticed by his own desires, then desire when it is conceived gives birth to sin. And sin, when it is fully grown, brings forth death. You need to know the difference between temptation and sin. Everyone is tempted, but we don't have to sin. 1 Corinthians 10.13 says, No temptation has overtaken you that is not common to man. God is faithful. He will not let you be tempted beyond your ability, but will with the temptation, he will also provide the way of escape that you may be able to endure it. I've had people say to me, Pastor, I just don't understand. I try to be a good Christian, but I find that I get tempted. Is that normal for a Christian to be tempted, or is there something wrong with my relationship with Jesus Christ? I want a better Christian experience. Well, let me give you a couple thoughts on this subject. First, Sin is a known transgression against the known will of God. I knowingly know when I'm about to break what God wants for me. When I know what God does or doesn't want me to do, and I deliberately to do it anyway, that is sin. A temptation is when Satan asks me, will you? It becomes sin when I say, I will. Even if I never get around to doing it, it's still sin because I've made up my mind that if I get the chance, I will do it. Matthew chapter 5, 27 through 28 says, You have heard that it was said you shall not commit adultery, but I say to you that everyone who looks at a woman with lustful intent has already committed adultery with her in his heart. And let me say, women, that means, too, that if you're looking at a man that way, you've sinned in your own heart. The progression of sin can be seen in the old story found in Joshua. Let's trace these steps to sin. Joshua chapter 7, verses 1 through 26, and especially verse 21. I'm going to be reading it. It's a long passage, and I'll try to uh, not bore you to death. But it says in Joshua 7, 1 through 26, But the people of Israel broke faith in regard to devoted things for, for Achan, the son of Carmi, son of Zabdi, son of Zerah, of the tribe of Judah, took some of the devoted things. And the anger of the Lord burned against the people of Israel. Joshua sent men from Jericho to Ai, which is near Beth-Avon, east of Bethel, and said to them, Go up and spy out the land. 
And the men went up and spied out Ai, and they returned to Joshua and said to him, Do not have the people all go up, but let about two or three thousand men go up and attack Ai. Do not make the whole people toil up there, for they are few. So about three thousand men went up there from the people, and they fled before the men of Ai. And the men of Ai killed about thirty-six of their men and chased them before the gate as far as Shebarim and struck them uh, at uh, the descent. And the hearts of the people melted and became as water. Then Joshua tore his clothes and fell to the earth on his face before the ark of the Lord until the evening. He and the elders of Israel, they put dust on their heads. And Joshua said, Alas, O Lord God, why have you brought this people over the Jordan at all to give us into the hands of the Amorites to destroy us? Would that we had been content to dwell beyond the Jordan. O Lord, what can I say when Israel has turned their backs before their enemies? For the Canaanites and all the inhabitants of the land will hear of it and will surround us and cut off our name from the earth. And what will you do for your great name? The Lord said to Joshua, Get up. Why have you fallen on your face? Israel has sinned. They have transgressed my covenant that I commanded them. They have taken some of the devoted things uh, that uh, have stolen. They have stolen and lied and put them among their own belongings. Therefore, the people of Israel cannot stand before their enemies. They turn their backs before their enemies because they have become devoted for destruction. I will be with you no more unless you destroy the devoted things from among you. Get up, consecrate the people and say, Consecrate yourself for tomorrow. For thus says the Lord God of Israel, There are devoted things in your midst, O Israel. You cannot stand before your enemies until you take away the devoted things from among you. In the morning, therefore, you shall be brought near by your tribes. And the tribe that the Lord takes by lot shall come near by clans, and the clan that the Lord takes shall come near by households, and the household that the Lord takes shall come near by man by man, and he who is taken with the devoted things shall be burned with fire, he and all that he has, because he has transgressed the covenant of the Lord, and because he has done an outrageous thing in Israel." So Joshua rose early in the morning and brought Israel near tribe by tribe, and the tribe of Judah was taken. And he brought near the clans, clans of Judah, and the clan of the Zarephites was taken. And he brought near the clan of the Zarephites man by man, and Zabdi was taken. And he brought near his household man by man, and Achan, the son of Carmi, son of Zabdi, son of Zerah of the tribe of Judah was taken. Then Joshua said to Achan, My son, give glory to the Lord God of Israel, and give praise to him, and tell me now what you have done. Do not hide it from me. And Achan answered Joshua, Truly, I have sinned against the Lord God and Israel, and this is what I did. When I saw among the spoil a beautiful cloak from Shinar and 200 shekels of silver and a bar of gold weighing 50 shekels, then I coveted them and took them. And see, they are hidden in the earth inside my tent with the silver underneath. 
So Joshua sent messengers, and they ran to the tent, and behold, it was hidden in his tent with a silver underneath. And they took them out of the tent and brought them to Joshua and to all the people of Israel, and they laid them down before the Lord. And Joshua and all Israel with him took Achan, the son of Zerah, the, and the silver, and the cloak, and the bar of gold, and his sons and daughters, and his oxen and donkeys and sheep, and his tents, and all that he had, and they brought them up to the valley of Achor. And Joshua said, Why did you bring trouble on us? The Lord brings trouble on you today. And all Israel stoned them with stones. They burned them with fire and stoned them with stones. And they raised over him a great heap of stones that remains to this day. Then the Lord turned from his burning anger. Therefore, to this day, the name of the place is called the Valley of Achor. Well, I want to just take this apart a little bit and see what happened. First, there was the glance of lust. He said, I saw, in Joshua 7:21. when I saw among the spoil a beautiful cloak from Shinar and 200 shekels of silver and a bar of gold weighing the 50 shekels, then I coveted them and took them and see they are hidden in the earth inside my tent with the silver underneath. So there was a wrong look. Achan saw the clothing, the silver, the gold. He probably thought, who will know if I take it? I mean, there was so much confusion going on in Jericho right then with, with the armies running every place. You should know that Satan was right there to help him justify that he had a right to those things. Nobody would know, and he would be able to enjoy them later. At that point, when the temptation came, Achan should have resisted. James 4, 7 says, Submit yourselves, therefore, to God. Resist the devil, and he'll flee from you. See, the longer Achan thought about it, the more he wanted those treasures. The power of the temptation is in how long we allow ourselves to play with it. That's why we should dismiss the temptation immediately and call on God to help us to be able to overcome. We become our own worst enemy when we think about these things over and over. And that's why you should turn off the TV or put down the magazine or whatever it is that is tempting you when things begin to turn to smuts. Well, then there was a glare of greed. He said, I coveted. Joshua chapter 7 verse 21 says, When I saw among the spoil a beautiful cloak from Shiner and 200 shekels of silver and a bar of gold weighing 50 shekels, then I coveted them and took them. A wrong look. The longer Achan thought about those things, the more he thought he had to have them. Nothing else mattered because he wouldn't be satisfied until he owned that gold and silver and those gorgeous threads. He forgot that there was a whole host of witnesses watching him. Hebrews 12:1 says, Therefore, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us also lay aside every weight and sin which clings so closely, and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us. You know, nothing we do is private. I know today we're used to just about every place we go, there's cameras looking at us and stuff. 
But God has had a, a security check ever since the beginning. He's got a great host of witnesses, which I believe is God and his angels, and yeah, probably Satan and his demons are watching to see what we're going to do. And, and there's no privacy at all. We need to be careful that we don't let God down. Well, then there was a game of sin. I took... Joshua 7.21, when I saw among the spoil a beautiful cloak from Shinar and the other things, I uncovered them, I took them. And see, they are hidden. I, I, I hid them from anybody seeing them. It was a sinful act. The sin followed a natural consequence, the first two steps in the progress of wrongdoing. When I see something I want, and I let it become an obsession to me, and I think I can get it no matter what, I will take it. If only I would have stopped, uh, Aiken should have said, when this temptation started. And then there was the goat of guilt. I hid. Joshua 7.21, when I saw among the spoils all these things, I took them and they are hidden in the earth inside my tent with a silver underneath. You know, sin makes cowards of us all. If Achan hadn't known he'd done wrong, why did he try to hide the garments, the silver and the gold in his tent? The guilt of sin will not just go away. I remember reading uh, years ago Edgar Allan Poe's uh, story about the beating heart. It was about a man that killed somebody and, and destroyed the body and, and buried the heart under the floorboards in the house. And when the authorities came to check and see what was going on, the man imagined that the heart was beating and it got louder and louder. And he thought that certainly these authorities were going to hear the, the heart beating there. And finally, he got so miserable, he just confessed everything. What a miserable life it is to try to hide sin and the guilt will not go away. Sin can only be covered by the blood of Jesus Christ and then only after it's been confessed and repented for. Then there was a gloom of discovery. He said he laid them out. Uh, they said that they laid these treasures after they went and got them, laid them out before the Lord. Joshua 7, 22 and 23, Joshua sent messengers. They ran to the tent and behold, it was hidden just like Achan had said. They took them out of the tent and brought them to Joshua and all the people of Israel, and they laid them down before the Lord. Here the sins are out in the open. He thought he didn't—he had things hidden, but all of a sudden the whole nation knew exactly what he did, the whole camp. You know, all our sins will ultimately be discovered. You can't really hide sin. Numbers 32.23 says... But if you will not do so, behold, you have sinned against the Lord, and be sure your sin will find you out. Your sin may be kept hidden for a time, but eventually it will come out. If it doesn't come out before then, it will come out at Judgment Day. I'd rather confess it to Jesus now and be forgiven than have to confess my sin and have it come out at judgment before the white throne of God with the whole universe looking on. Then there was a grief of remorse. Achan said, I have sinned against the Lord. 
Joshua 7.20, And Achan answered Joshua, Truly I have sinned against the Lord God of Israel. And this is what I did. It, there's no genuine repentance here. Achan was just sorry that he got caught. He would not have brought the treasures in on his own accord. It was only after he got caught that he had to admit it, that he had had his hand in the cookie jar. And, and then the grave of dishonor. The sad thing here is Achan's sin didn't just destroy him. It destroyed his whole family, his wife, his children. Even his livestock had to pay the price for Achan's sin. It's like that today. More people than just you suffer as a result of your sin. You, you need to know that. Sin hurts you. It hurts your family. It hurts your church. If you go to church, even your friends that trusted you. In this case, all of Israel got hurt because there was sin in the camp and God withheld his blessing because God will not bless sin. They suffered defeat. Men died when they tried to take Ai. Joshua 7.26 says they raised over him a great heap of stones. The Israelites executed the whole bunch and, and just left them under the pile of stones to rot in the hot sun. Death and destruction always are the ending for those who disobey the word of the Lord to indulge their own desires. James 1, 14 and 15. But each person is tempted when he is lured and enticed by his own desire. Then desire, when it is conceived, brings birth to sin. And sin, when it is fully grown, brings forth death. Don't let the downhill slide start and you won't have to pay the consequences. Listen, if you don't know Jesus Christ as your Savior, you need to confess your sins to him. Ask Jesus to come into your life and make you part of his family. What a privilege we have when knowing that if we pray our prayer of repentance and tell God we're truly sorry, we want to accept him as our personal Savior, that Jesus will forgive. He will put our names in the book of life. We will never have to face those sins at judgment because the blood of Christ cleanses from all sin. If you don't know Christ today, won't you please confess your sins to him and make your heart ready and become part of the, of the family of God. Dear Lord, I pray that you help each one today that's listening to this message to be honest before you. That, Lord, if there's something they need to confess, if there's something that they've had hidden in their life, needs to be brought out to you and confessed, and they need to accept you as their Savior, I pray they will do it now. Thank you, Lord, that your blood cleanses from all sin, and you're willing to forgive us no matter what we've done, if we're willing to come and ask for forgiveness. Thank you for this privilege. In Jesus' name, amen. Again, you know how to get a hold of me? Uh, my email, lowercase r-e-v-w-m-w-w-o-o-d-s at gmail.com. My mailing address is box 4031, Sun Valley, Arizona, 86029. If you needed to, my phone number is 623-845-2741. Also, I remind you that these sermons uh, are on my uh, website, which is uh, Church of the Galilean, lowercase, churchofthegalilean.com. God bless you.